Jesus is the ultimate friend. You know, the scriptures tell us about Jesus, first of all, that he was a friend of sinners. In Matthew eleven nineteen, we read this. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard. And notice what they say. A friend of tax collectors who were viewed as the bottom of the rung among people, the tax collectors. He's a friend of tax collectors. I'm sorry if you work with the IRS this morning. But Jesus was a friend of the tax collectors and sinners. Oh, I'm so thankful he's a friend to sinners. Because because of that, we are able to be saved. Uh, We're also told that right before he went to be crucified, when he was being arrested, he offered friendship to the one who betrayed him, to Judas. Matthew 26, 50, Jesus said to him, to Judas, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Even to the very end, Jesus was reaching out to Judas. And then Jesus clearly tells us that he is a friend to all who follow him. John chapter 15, verse 15, tells us this. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I've heard from my Father I have made known to you. Isn't it great to know that when we follow him, Jesus considers us his friends. You know, sometimes we sing that song, I am a friend of God. We are because of what Jesus has done for us. So with that kind of background and setting this morning, we want to talk about the observations of Solomon concerning friendship. And the first observation that I want to share with you from Solomon is that wealth will bring you fake friends. We have friends that are true, that we can count on, and we have those who call us friend, but we question whether they're truly our friend. They are fake in their friendship. And one of the characteristics of a fake friend in Proverbs is that a fake friend wants to use you for their benefit. Uh, Fake friends are friends with you for what they can get from you. They establish relationships for their own personal gain. Now, as we go through the book of Proverbs, that personal gain will normally be presented in Proverbs as money. Uh, And we we see that clearly. Proverbs 19.4, wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. Let that sink in just a second. They love you while you can benefit them, but when you can no longer benefit them, where are they? They're gone. They desert. When you're on top of the world, they'll be there. But you lose everything, they're gone. 
Uh, We see that also in Proverbs 19, verses 6 and 7. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. Give them something and what? They're your friend. Now, how about on the other end of the spectrum? All a poor man's brothers hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursues them with words, but does not have them. See the picture there? The difference between when you have money that you can use to benefit others, and when you are in need, all of these fake friends are gone. Not only do we see that wealth will bring you fake friends, we also see from the book of Proverbs that gossip will destroy friendships. Now, we've talked in the past about, from the book of Proverbs, the mouth. We've talked about slander. We've talked about gossip. But it is true as it relates to friendships that gossip and slander will destroy friendships. Proverbs 16, 28. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. We talked about this idea of the whisperer, someone who speaks very softly, someone who's going to come to you and say, hey, I've got something to share with you, but I don't want anybody else to hear what I'm about to tell you. They're going to whisper it to you. Did you know what happened to so-and-so? Did you hear what they did? Now, don't go tell anybody else. You know, just keep that between the two of us. And then they go from you to the next person. Hey, come here, I've got something to tell you. But let's keep it quiet. Do you know some of those people? Do you know people that how they respond and how they do this? Well, Solomon calls them whisperers, and he says that they will separate close uh, friends. Uh, I have experienced, I'm sure that you have experienced as well, someone who is, for some reason, they seem to be a little standoffish with you. And if you dig in, I've, I've dug in at times and said, you know, is there a problem or something And they will say something to me that they've heard from somebody else that wasn't true. And once we set the record straight, we're able to resume the friendship that we've had with one another. Uh, Keep in mind, there are people who kind of make it their mission to spread stories and to spread slander and to break people apart. A whisperer separates close friends. Also, we're told in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Whoever covers an offense seeks love. We've talked about this before, that when someone does something, that is harmful to us, or when somebody has sinned against us, what is our responsibility in that case? 
Go to the individual. Just go to them. Uh, The New Testament says love will cover a multitude of sins. So if we go to them, Jesus tells us, if they hear us, then we've gained our brother. And that's the end of it. But those who repeat it over and over and over again, they don't go back to the individual, they go to others. They separate people who are Uh, The next observation from Solomon is this, his admonishment to choose your friends wisely. Choose them wisely. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, this morning we're putting up there from the NIV. Uh, If you're using the English Standard Version and you you are are studying through it, you will find that there's uh, a mark next to this verse that says there's an alternate reading of the verse. I happen to think this is the correct reading, and it says this, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So how do we make friends? First of all, we can't force friendship on people. If I were to come to you and said, okay, you are going to be a friend with this person over here. We we just can't make that happen. Friendship is something that happens when we find others that we share common things with. Think of those who are your closest friends. Think of your friends. You have things in common with those individuals. That's why you are friends. C.S. Lewis, in his essay on friendship, says that friendship starts out like this. You're talking to another person, and you go, what? You too? Uh, I thought I was the only one who thought that way. You find others that think the same way that you do who view things the way that you view them, and that is the basis for friendship. Things in common, a common view on different things. Proverbs 22.4 also tells us, underneath this uh, point of choosing your friends wisely, it says, make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. Now, we were just talking about that last week because we were talking about the subject of the fool last week. And the fool is one who flies off the handle quickly, who gets angry quickly. And Proverbs is telling us, Solomon in his wisdom is saying, don't be a friend with that man. If you find someone that gets angry quickly, that has a very short fuse, Don't make them your friend. You will come to regret it. Uh, Young people who are here this morning, uh, in the future, when you come to that point that you are dating and that you find the individual that you want to marry, make sure they are not an angry person. You will come to regret it. And hopefully, in our marriages, not only is our spouse our marriage partner, but in the best of marriages, our spouse is also our friend. 
Let me say that again. In the best of marriages, our spouse is also our friend. I am very thankful that I can can share with you as, as a congregation. My very best friend is my wife, Barb. And I say that over and over again, and I tell it to people. And we're going to see why as we go through uh, different things with friends and the advantage of friendship. So that's the next thing I want to move to, is the advantages of friendship. Number one, a friend loves in what times? A friend loves at all times. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. Friends love you when you're up, and they love you when you're down. They love you when you're right, and they love you when you're wrong. They love you when everything is going great, and they love you when nothing is going well. A friend loves at all times. You see, a friend knows you better than anyone else, and they love you still. Because we all have our flaws. We all have our issues. But a friend loves us all the time. Number two, a friend is better than a sibling. A friend is better than a sibling. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, in the past, I always kind of struggled a little bit with what exactly does this uh, mean? And most of the times when I heard people preach on this verse, they would always jump immediately to Jesus and say, you know what, Uh, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that is Jesus. Uh, Though that is true, that's not the meaning of this particular verse. It can be an application of the verse, but it's not actually the meaning. The word, first of all, for sticks is the word cleave. Same word that was used when God introduced marriage, and he talked about a man and a woman were to cleave to one another, leave their parents, and to cleave to one another. It means that you are stuck together. Now, what Solomon is telling us is there is a friend who sticks closer to you than a sibling. This picture is one that when adversity comes into your life, it is common and normal, not true in all families, but common in no, normal in most families, that when someone is uh, facing adversity, their family comes to help them. Now, why do they come to help them? 
because of the blood bond that they have with one another. They are from the same family. And so in adversity, often what occurs in normal, happy families, even if your sibling is not your favorite, if they have a problem, family tends to come along and help one another just because they're family. A friend is better because he comes along and sticks with you, not because of any blood bond with you, not because of any family bond with you. He comes and sticks together with you just because he loves you and he cares for you. That is why a friend is better than a sibling. A sibling may help you out out of a sense of duty. A friend helps you out out of a sense of love. Advantage number three of friendship. A friend will be honest with you. Proverbs 27, 6 tells us this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. An enemy will just butter you up. An enemy will just tell you how great you are and will never talk to you about your issues or about your problems. A friend is going to be honest with you. Do you have someone in your life that you can count as this friend who's going to tell you when you have messed up? Do you have someone in your life that is going to be able to say to you, you were wrong. You handled that wrong. They're going to do it in a loving way, not because they're seeking to destroy you, Uh, They may say to you, why are you thinking that way? You need to correct your thinking. You have a wrong viewpoint on this. That's what a friend will do for us in our lives. And we all, every one of us, needs someone who is going to be able to tell us what nobody else will ever tell us. And as a friend, we are going to be willing to hear that. We need that in our lives. And so Solomon is telling us, friends will wound us at times. Do you like to be told you're wrong? Do you like to be told you've messed up? I remember the story that's told of the preacher who's on his way home after church, and he's in the wife, he's in the car with his wife, and he wanted a compliment out of his wife, and so he said to her, there sure aren't many great preachers left, are there? And she thought for a moment, she says, you're absolutely right, and there's one less than you think. Honesty 
There needs to be that kind of honesty between friends. And we need to be willing to hear it as well. We need to have, we need to realize that when someone is coming to us out of love, they are trying to correct us. Not because they want to hurt us. Now, it may hurt what they have to say. It may, it may hurt. Uh, I remember at times when I was first dating Barb, I would show up in an outfit and she would go, you're really not wearing that, are you? Uh, maybe you should go back home and change before we go out on this date. It was only some time later that when we were talking about this, and I said, well, why were you so concerned? I didn't want any of my friends seeing you dressed like that. <laughs> she very graciously told me I had been dressed like a clown. <laughs> and, and, and she was correct. And I think I've shared this story before. I remember the time that she needed to break to me that uh, checkered pants and paisley do not go together. But that I would wear that each time I would take her out because she complimented me once on the paisley shirt that went with solid pants. But after that, I just wore the check pants. And she told me she prayed we wouldn't run into anybody she knew while we were out. See, that's because a friend provides good counsel. A friend provides good counsel. Uh, Proverbs 27.9 tells us this. Oil and perfume make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. The sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. In those days, they did not have sugar like we've had today. So something was, that was sweet was something that had to be discovered. And so, you know, you had honey that was discovered that they could take and they would use that to sweeten things. And so it is with a friend. Uh, their counsel is that which is sweet and beneficial for us in the end. Now, I started this message off by asking two questions. What kind of friend do you want? Do you want true friends, or do you want the fake variety of friends? If they're fake, they're not going to stick around, and you need to recognize that. And what kind of friend are you? We are going to tend to attract to us the same type of friends that we are ourselves. So as we, you think through these principles that Solomon has given us, apply them to yourself and behave as a good friend so that you can attract and find other good friends. Now, I can't end this message this morning without talking and going back to the ultimate friend. The ultimate friend is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus reaches out for friendship with you. Matter of fact, his whole mission to the earth 
is he came to seek and to save those who are lost. We were singing about it this morning. We read it in the Scriptures. You'll call His name Jesus. He will save His people from their sins. Jesus, even as He reached out to someone like Judas to offer friendship, reaches out to you to offer to you friendship that is based upon the salvation that you can have in Him and in Him only. Salvation is only through Him. Jesus reaches out and wants to be your friend. So do you know Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you put your faith and trust in Him? If you have not, why not? If the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and drawing you to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, why not surrender today? Why not make Him your Savior? And He will be not only a Savior to you, He will be a guide and a friend to you. Do you know Him? And those of us who know Him as our Lord and as our Savior, are we serving Him? He calls us no more servants, but He calls us friends. But that doesn't mean we do not serve Him. We serve Him because we love Him. He is a friend to us. Are we a friend to Him? May each of us examine how we are living our lives so that we may take full advantage of the friendship that our Lord and Savior offers to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and we thank you for our Savior, Jesus. And we're thankful we can say we can call him not only Savior, but friend. And we pray that you would help each of us, that we might follow you. If there's anyone here, Lord, who's not put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we would ask that today would be their day of salvation, that they would trust in him. And I pray, Father, that you would help each of us that know your Son as our Savior, that we might be faithful in following him. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.